With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the Lombardi Line. Also joined right now on the DraftKings Network as well as on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. We're live in downtown Las Vegas, Circus Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson in for Stormy Bond and Tony. Michael with us as always from the East Coast. And just to reset things here, Michael, out of Monday Night Football, you're a believer that with the injury lost to running back Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns, fear to be out for the season. Cleveland needs a new running back, and that running back currently resides in Indianapolis if Cleveland is going to go out and get a game-changing guy in the backfield. Well, I, I think it deserves a phone call, right? I mean, if you've gone this far in, you got to make the call. I mean, you've spent more cash in two other, than most every team than 28 teams in the league. You, you've got a lot riding on this season. You, you've hired coaches. Your defense is really good. You assuming you could stay healthy. Both, I think, Ward and Newsom kind of walked off the field. They said Ward was was fine. He was just having cramps. But your defense is outstanding. And, you know, I worry about their kicking situation a little bit, but he missed one last night too. But why not? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You're going to find out, really, if they want to trade the guy. You're going to find out. If you put an offer in front of him, you're going to find out. And you know one thing you know. You don't have a first-round pick next year. Mm-hmm. So Chubb's going to take a, it's going to take a long time to rehab this. He'll probably do it. He did it the first time. But your offense is built around a run game. You've got Kevin Stefanski as your head coach, all outside zone, inside zone, all play action. We saw last night when it becomes a drop back pass game, this is not what Cleveland does. And if they don't have a running back and they get involved in a drop back pass game, if they get behind in a game, it's going to be really challenging. So they've got to make that phone call. Sure. They have to. I'm not, and I'm not saying they're going to pull the pin on it because I'm sure they're going to probably say, well, we could do this guy. But the one thing I do know, the, the Scotty Williams syndrome is real. When we think guys are backups, that we can then parlay them into starters and feel like their numbers are going to improve, you're making a wrong mistake here. You're making a wrong mistake. You, Tony Pollard was not a backup to Zeke. Tony Pollard was playing with Zeke. So it was easy to see him. Madison was the backup to Dalvin Cook, and we thought he was really good. But the more Madison has had to play, especially in protection now, you watch Alexander Madison try to block in protection against Philadelphia. That was a big issue. You watch Warren try to block for Pittsburgh in protection. That's going to be a big issue. 
Fans don't see that. They just want him on the field. So you got to be careful when you assume the backup's going to come in there. And now for Cleveland, how this matters going forward, at least in the interim. As we record here early afternoon, East Coast time on a Tuesday, market going against Cleveland. It was as high as four and a half overnight at DraftKings. Now we're down to market wide Cleveland minus three at home against the Tennessee offense that is outside of a late surge against the bad defense in the Chargers last week. Proven nothing on the offensive end. Gotta think 39 and a half is your total, Michael. This thing is only going further south, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you gotta believe that, right? I mean, look, the, the one thing about the Titans last week, they made two explosive plays. Would you have ever thought they could make explosive plays? I mean, they had a 70-yarder to Burks, and they had a 49-yarder to Moore. I mean, you know, your guy, your guy, Brendan Staley, I mean, he continues to amaze me with his defense. Let me just see. I want to see exactly where he's rated in terms of defense. Where is he? My where is he rated? Is dead last, yeah, well, and it's not particularly <laughs> close so far. Yeah, well, I like to kid you on the numbers. I look at them, too. I look at them, too. I mean, what are they? Well, they're one of the worst defenses in football. Them and the Rams, right? I, at least the numbers so far. I know it's the two-week sample size. Chargers' worst uh, worst defense in football to this point. That was another big headline as well today where the, uh, the injury uh, ex- expectation timeline for running back Austin Eckler has basically not even been set uh, with his ankle injury missed last week right. to that in that loss to Tennessee. And so the but, Chargers now go forward, and it's not really the well, offense so that we're worried about. But I was bringing it up as it relates defense. to the Titans. I mean, the Titans actually looked explosive against – like, I don't think they're, the Titans are going to have the same success against the Browns. And, you know, Schwartz worked at the Tennessee last year. He was the, he was in the defensive meeting rooms. I mean, he knows that team inside and out. You know, he'll have a really good plan for how to stop Henry. He'll have a really good plan for how to stop Tannehill. I mean, this is a game where I think, it, for me, from my standpoint, I'm hoping that everybody keeps downplaying the Browns as not having a chance when I think they have a really good team and I think they'll win on defense. One thing, it's one thing to grab the underdog in a low totaled game where Tennessee as a dog always tries to play games really, really close to the vest, make them ugly, make them one score games. It's one thing to grab the four and a half. Now that you're down to three, though, to me, it's an overreaction on Cleveland. I get that it's a short week coming off back to back divisional games, but a great opportunity for Cleveland, either looking at the under in this game or for Cleveland to bounce back. If they can just not shoot themselves in the foot, four turnovers last night in the loss to Pittsburgh, two of them returned for touchdowns. And even though Pittsburgh gets the win, that's the other big takeaway we have coming out of Monday night. Steelers get the win. Sure. It looks great. All the trends about Mike Tomlin is a home underdog and Pittsburgh historically on Monday night football. Come on. That's a joke. It's, it's all about the, what, what is in the here and now. All right. Pittsburgh looked really, really bad and got the fortune of two defensive touchdowns. Very lucky to be one and one with back to back home games to start the year. And as you flip it forward now, market moving against Pittsburgh, even in a spot I would consider to be a good buy low on an offense that struggled where they go to Las Vegas on Sunday night. We'll have a significant home field of disadvantage. The Raiders will with about 40,000 terrible towels at Allegiant Stadium. And for Kenny Pickett in the Steelers offense, they've been bad objectively, but they faced two of the best defenses in the league through two weeks. Yeah, I think this 43 number is way too low. You're going to say I'm crazy, but I think it's too low. One thing is, if you track, if you track now, last year in the really cold. I mean, last year, as bad as the Raiders were defensively last year, the Raiders played them well last year. And as bad as the Raiders were, I mean, this is the, remember this is the game that Carr they got a chance to win the game. Carr throws a, a out of bounds throw to Waller when he's got Adams wide open to to ice the game. 
and they've got to punt it back and they lose. I think both teams will move the ball. I think both teams will move it on one another. The Raiders are going to have to do a much better job of protecting on the edges with Smith, with Highsmith and, and Watt, but they'll move the ball in the secondary. There's no question about that, especially if they get Jacoby Myers back. Sure. A total that has gone up, it was uh, it, it was look ahead 40, uh, 45. Actually, it has gone down. I'm actually surprised to see that. Some books have sort of gone all over the, over the place. DraftKings was a 45.5 look ahead, reopened 44. Now we're down to 43.5. But on the Pittsburgh defensive side free safety make if Fitzpatrick leaves with a chest injury had to be taken to the hospital he's already being listed as questionable for next week but you have to wonder on a short week for Pittsburgh if he'll be able to suit up and he already placed defensive lineman Casey Hayward on on uh, the IR for the, at least the next four weeks retroactive to that week one uh, post week one decision there so two really significant losses on the Pittsburgh defensive side how big of an impact do you see that being as we're talking Steelers Raiders for Sunday night well I mean, for the Raiders, it's all really comes down to they got to run the ball. I mean, the Raiders have to. I mean, they, they didn't give Josh Jacobs twelve million a year to have him have nine carries for minus two yards. I mean, he's averaging one point six yards a carry. His longest run is seven yards on the season. Now, this is a hard team to run the ball on, but we saw we saw Brown the Browns last night before Chubb got hurt. They were running the football. They got him in nickel. They get him in base. We saw the 49ers run the football on him out of base, out of nickel. So that that's going to be the challenge. They've got to run the football on him. They have to. Mm-hmm. They've got to get Jacobs involved. And their defense is just look, the defense has been on the field in two games. They've been on the field for 36 minutes per game. I mean, the Raider offense hasn't they had six possessions against Denver. The Raiders, the Raiders punted the ball back with 13 to 13. Oh my gosh, my phone's ringing. I got it off here. People, I gotta, you know, on. people are they're listening to what you're saying right now, and they're and they're blowing up your phone as a result. The, the Raiders, the the Raiders had they're down 14 to 10. They have a, th- a second and two. They don't get it. They have a third and two. Don't get it. They punt it back to ball to Buffalo. Then the next time they get the ball, it's an hour later, and they're down 24 to 10. Mm-hmm. You know, and so now that now you can't run, Josh. Now you're out of the game. These two teams both have to run the football. And if the Raiders continue to only have the ball for 24 minutes in a game, they're not, you're not going to win very many games with that. I mean, think yep. about it. That you don't have enough plays, right? Simple numbers game, they've yeah. Had 94, they've had 94 plays. The opponents had 132. They played a doubleheader on defense in two weeks in a row. They have. One and a half is the current number at DraftKings. Raiders favored 43 and a half. You're told I mentioned uh, Cameron Hayward on the IR now for Pittsburgh for at least the next couple of weeks. Other big takeaways. We start the new hour on the Lombardi line coming out of the Monday night doubleheader that we had last night. We'll have another doubleheader coming up in week three did you like that i i like that it's it's I did I'm, too. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, you have to love it. Double-barreled action. It's a great uh, great for those of us with multi-TV setups. Uh, but for Carolina, it was not so great. 0-2, it was your preseason NFC South prediction. But I give you so much credit, Michael, because I kind of gave you a hard time. You were already wavering on, on Carolina, your pick for in the Visa NFL betting guide. You know, Back in August, you were really concerned with the offensive line. I remember thinking, all right, look, it's preseason. I, you know, I understand there are things to take away, but let's not overreact yet. And despite all that through two weeks, this Carolina offense looks absolutely disastrous. And you can't really put it all on the quarterback, Bryce Young, getting no help around him. No, no, I think it's I think the play calling's bad. I think the play design's really bad. Everybody picks on play callers, but it's more about what is the plan? What's how are we attacking this? You know, what you want to be able to do is sit there and watch an NFL game and say, here's the plan. Here's what we're trying to accomplish and see it. We're going after this guy here. 
We're going after this corner. We're going to attack them when they're in zone. We're going to motion. You see it when you watch San Francisco. You see it when you watch the uh, when you watch the Rams with McVay. It's hard to see when you watch some of these other teams. You don't know what they're trying to accomplish, and that's a problem, you know. And, and I, I think to me that that's that that's going to be a continue to be an issue. A lot of market moves going on or against teams who played Monday Night Football from last week. So far, if you look at it, Michael, three of the four teams who played last night, seeing the market moved against them, mentioned the Browns now down to three-point favorites over the Titans. Steelers have moved from a pick-em to one-and-a-half-point underdogs at Las Vegas. And then the the team we just talked about, Carolina Panthers, were look-ahead four-and-a-half or five-point underdogs on the road at Seattle. Seahawks now up to six or six-and-a-half in the market. This thing is starting to trend higher and higher as we continue. And remember, Seattle Seattle was horrible week one. I mean, their defense was bad. And remember this, too. Seattle is now it's 20 and 16 at home. It I mean, is. that's no gimme putt. But to me, you know, it's... we got to hit a break. We'll, we'll continue this on the other side, as well as some trophy uh, awards talk next. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. 
Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back on VEASAN, the DK Network with Michael Lombardi. I'm Ben Wilson. We'll get into some of our awards talk, Michael. A lot of significant shifts in the odds. Just want to let you finish the point you were talking about before we ran into, uh, into a break there. And with all those Carolina struggles we've watched through two weeks and now getting a big market move against them in Seattle for week three. Well, you know, the one thing you mentioned that, you know, the uh, the preseason, I changed my mind on him because I actually because I like Bryce Young and I don't think Bryce Young has done anything to disappoint me. However, that being said, I, I, I haven't thought Frank Wright's done anything to make me feel confident. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're an elite. I think they're a really good defense. I just don't think they're an elite defense. And you can move the ball on them. You got to block them. They're going to make some plays. Derek Brown's hard to block. Burns is hard to block. J.C. Horn is an elite player that doesn't play. And that's the problem. And so they don't have really any strengths. And like you mentioned before, they don't have any, they do not have any. Uh, any playmakers on offense. And when you're in shotgun all the time, nobody really can, unless you're running RPOs and you're going to run your quarterback, it's hard. It's not like just getting DJ Shark back as wide receiver was all of a sudden going to open the door. To oh, all of a offense. sudden that's going to make him. You know, like right. everybody, know, everybody knows you're going to try to throw him. The, he's an outside receiver. You know, he's going to be outside nine vertical sticks, come back, all those things, you know, and, and it's hard. You know, everybody wants to put a smaller quarterback under center uh, uh, in shotgun, and, and he needs to be. Drew Brees was under center quite a bit, you know, and he found a way to throw the ball in the middle of the field, which is what you have to do. But I, I from a design standpoint, I just don't understand when I watch Carolina, what are they trying to do? First play of the game, they run an inside zone like they did last year. They have a huge hole. They go nine yards. You know, and then that was the, and then then they went under center and they ran it. They never ran a play action from under center. And we're seeing this now reflected in the market. Panthers seven and a half was the closing preseason win total, down to five and a half in season. You can bet these at DraftKings every single week, which is a great option for betters in season. Juice to the over minus one twenty five, and now the Seahawks in the week three matchup up to six point favorites against Carolina. Some books though uh, now getting up to six and a half. You, you yeah. know what's funny yeah. too, Ben, about this is when you go back and look at Carolina last year with Steve Wilkes. You know, over the last last uh, let's say the last nine games, I think what are they six and three? And one of those wins was he goes up to Seattle and they win thirty to twenty four. This team averaged almost five yards a carry. They almost so my, when I said this to you to start the show, they've actually gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you make a coaching change, you think you've improved. I'm not sure they have. I'm sure a lot of people in that in that front office organization for Carolina saying, well, you know, there was a Steve Wilkes guy who we the team played so hard for him down the stretch and they got as much out of out of that unit as they possibly could. Maybe we should have kept him around. Maybe. But that's now all, all in the rearview mirror for uh, for Carolina. Uh, I want to transition, though, Michael, into some of these awards markets, just because we focus so much, especially coming out of the first two weeks at teams who have struggled, either the 0-2 teams are their seasons just completely dead or the one and one teams and trying to figure out, all right, well, the real version of these teams actually stand up. But, you know, how about a number of teams that are two and oh and are seeing their their primary skill position players or quarterbacks now get great support in the market and a big change that's happened. It's in the MVP market. 
with a combination of Joe Burrow's calf injury. Burrow has sunk all the way to 20 to 1 now. But with the elite early play of Tua Tagovailoa leading the Miami offense, Tua, now your MVP favorite, 6 to 1. He has surpassed everybody else in front of him, including Patrick Mahomes, who's 7 to 1, Josh Allen, 8 to 1, and Jalen Hurts at 8.5 to 1. Uh, what do you make of this move now with Tua up to your favorite to win MVP? Uh, you know, I'm surprised by it. I think Tyreek Hill deserves a lot of credit for that um, because of what, the way he's played. The other thing I think that's pretty, to me, when I look at this board, I love Lamar Jackson at 12 to 1. Lamar Jackson played like an MVP last weekend. He went into Cincinnati and he was the MVP. Like he led his team. Look, I think two is playing really well, but this is early in September. I think, you know, like he scored 24 points against a good New England defense. That was great. You know, they made a few plays, but they held Tyreek Hill to five catches for, uh, I think, 40 yards, something like that. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is the supporting cast around Tua. I'm not saying Tua's not a good player. He's very accurate on short throws. But for me, I, I mean, I, I think to me this Lamar Jackson is – if he plays like he's played in that game over the course of the season at 12-1, to 1, I'm going to play him. A couple of two and O teams. I granted the Miami offensive just the raw numbers so far, by and large, because of the shootout against a bad defense in LA. The Chargers week one are better the Dolphins numbers than what we've seen out of Baltimore and Lamar Jackson at this point. But it, the big the big holding point back on betting either of those players individually and either of those teams, it's always been the health of the quarterback. So you're looking yeah. at two attack of Aloha and Lamar Jackson. I'd argue, you know, the ceiling for Jackson, given his dual threat nature and and now a, a renewed desire to push the ball downfield with the new OC and Todd Munkin. When you say a 12 to one versus six to one, when the concern is exactly the same from an injury perspective. Yeah. You know, that to me, yeah, where I, I look at those numbers and I'm with you, it doesn't really match the actual reality that we're seeing on the field. I, I certainly believe Jackson, if you're going to have tug of a low, a six to one, Jackson should probably be single digits right now at around nine or nine and a half to one, not 12 to one. You're getting you a better price here, right? You know, you're getting a better price. And the fact that, see, the thing that I've been sc- screaming for three years, I've been screaming this, for th- put Lamar under center. And he's had more snaps under center in two games than he had at any time during the last three years. And he's run the ball when he's been under center. He's dynamic. And they threw the, they've thrown the football in the middle of the field. I talked about this on my podcast. When he played at Louisville, they would always talk about hit the helmet. And he was really good at throwing post, throwing overs, or like a crossover where you're not really going to the pylon, you're kind of going up the field. And when he can throw the ball in the middle of the field, he'll put the ball on a face mask. He will put the ball on the face mask. And he did that with Zay, with Zay Flowers the other day. It hit him right in the face mask. I mean, he caught it, but it hit him right in the face mask. It was a helmet throw. And for me, that's what he was at Louisville. That's when his accuracy shined. And when he won the MVP, he had Hayden Hurst and he had Mark Andrews, two inside receivers that really helped. And I think if they give him that, they could be. That win in Baltimore, that win in Cincinnati with backup linemen, right? They still ran the ball effectively. I mean, he's the MVP to me if he continues to play like that because you, you can't take him out of the game. You can't. You really can't. And if you're comparing Jackson to Tiger Bailoa, if we're talking about this from the injury standpoint, it's impossible to say it definitively, but if you're going to power eight, all right, which is more likely to play a full 17-game season, who would you go with right now? I would go with the way they're playing Lamar and the way he's playing, I would go with Lamar. 
I mean, I Tua I has not gotten hit yet. Tua hasn't gotten hit yet. And what they've done a great job, and this credits to the Miami. I'm not anti-Tua. You know, I've never been a big Tua fan because I think when the, you know, I think a lot of it is his accuracy is he's really accurate. I don't see him as an elite player. I see him as a really good player. But what they've but what they've done a great job and credit to McDaniel and his staff is they've kept that offensive line firm. And the the Patriots really never got in front of them or hit them. But they won that game the other day. Let's make no mistake about it. They won that other game the other day because McDaniel changed. He ran the ball. He ran the football effectively. You know, and and that was something they wouldn't do last year. They were 31st in rushing attempts. And he used the width of the field to help his run game. And now both of those quarterbacks and those teams we talked about, they do get a pretty advantageous matchups at home this week. Baltimore about a seven and a half point home favorite to Indianapolis. In the meantime, you get Miami at home to Denver, six and a half point favorites there. One other market jumping out to me early. Just this Puka Nakua story. It, it's been arguably the most, you know, the most unheralded kind of out of nowhere story of the early NFL season. Late pick fifth round out of BYU he's he's so far through two games has 25 catches Michael more than half of what he had his entire senior season at BYU it's just nuts now he's the third favorite to an offensive player of the year and the question everybody's asking now at eight to one is how long can this continue for Nakua and the Rams well it's going to keep continuing because they give him the ball and every day if you watch the tape the only thing that's going to keep him from catching a ton of balls is the is the is his injury can he stay healthy look I think what fans have to understand too about is they have to understand players in place. Like when when he's when uh, when he's getting open, a lot of this is the scheme devised by McVay. It's brilliant. It's really good. It's why Cooper Cup gets open all the time. It's they do a nice job of shielding him, picking him, putting him in the right spots. You can't really double him. Runs across the formation. Got the outside corner trying to trail him. It's really good. I mean, this McVay is outstanding when he has when he can game plan you. I mean, look, he kept him in the game. And this kid's going to continue to catch a bunch of passes. There's no doubt. Because they're, they're going to continue to get him. Like, everybody was panicked they lost Cooper Cup. I wasn't. I took I took him against the, the Seattle because I knew they were going to throw the football effectively. And the other guy, Tutu, at will. I mean, he's playing well, too. He gives him a clearer. If they, now, here's what happens. It all self-destruct if, if Stafford gets hurt. And that's a high probability yeah. that he's going to get hit and it's going to hurt him. That's the bigger issue from from the handicap. If you're looking now to buy into what the Nakua storyline has been and actually bet him eight to one, it, it's not to suggest that this is all going to fall apart right away because the Rams have looked great early, but not a bet I would certainly make, especially with the great start Bijan Robinson has gone off to as the prohibitive favorite in Atlanta uh, right now under two to one as the favorite there. When we come back, time to talk with our pal Aaron Moore, VEASAN.com writer, as we transition to some college football on this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. VEASAN shows are clashing. We've got a subscription contest going on between the shows here at VEASAN, and we need your help to win. At stake is a $1,000 voucher at Circus Sportsbooks to be used on a Super Bowl futures ticket. And to sweeten the deal for you, you'll save 10% when you sign up for a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription and use the promo code LOMBARDI. Bragging rights and a juicy futures ticket is on the line. It's time to start betting smarter and help us do the same. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up for a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription, and you can save 10% with promo code LOMBARDI. That is VSIN.com 
slash subscribe. Speaking of Circa, that's where I'm at here. Ben Wilson in for Stormy from downtown Las Vegas with Michael Lombardi. We have a couple segments left here on VEASAN and the DK Network. Excited to welcome in our pal Aaron Moore, writer at VEASAN.com, who joins us right now every single Tuesday. Great to see you, Aaron. A lot of college football storylines to get into, including the team that has been the talk of all college football betters and fans, it seems like, through the early part of the year, Colorado. Finally, it all kind of came crashing down from a betting perspective. We're not close to covering in an ultimate win over Colorado State. Uh, what do you make of, of all this going on from a numbers perspective as now they have their first real big test, a 3-0 team, going to Eugene, Oregon this weekend? Well, Ben, before we talk about it from a numbers perspective, just look at it from an entertainment perspective. Right now, Colorado football might be one of the most entertaining things you can watch on television, sports <laughs> or otherwise. So the transition into the betting market is you have to assume Colorado, like a Notre Dame, is going to become a popular play. It's going to be a public team. People like watching Dion. They like what he's doing on the sidelines. So I think how that translates into the betting market is expect Colorado now to be one of those big popular teams. And that's what makes their line upcoming this game against Oregon a little concerning to me that that key number of 21 becomes 21 and a half. Now you can get Colorado in certain places for 21 and a half. So you would think the books are a little afraid of Colorado, but that that half a point to me where you can get it says the books want you to bet Colorado and that I'd be a little bit fearful because the books want you to bet a public team. And the Walker injury, Aaron, no, like there has been no pushback. I mean, this guy is a legitimate first round talent. Uh, both sides. He's the Jim Thorpe of our era. Not that many people know who the hell Jim Thorpe was. I'm showing my age. But, you know, I mean, this is a dual threat guy. Now he's not on the team and the line didn't move. There seems to be this everything gets past Colorado. And the fact that Colorado State, which got whooped by Washington State, by the way, for the record, you know, took him to overtime and a crackback block from taking him to another overtime. So, like, why isn't the market adjusting? So, Michael, I'll see your Jim Brown and I'll raise you a Gordy Lockdown, give you a little there bit more go. of that, oh, that, yeah, two-way, yeah. Uh, All right. that two-way player. Well, why the line isn't moving that much? As great of a player as Hunter is, I, I just think it's Oregon is that much better than Colorado. And what we've seen from Colorado has been a great story. It's been fun games, but it hasn't been truly a matchup against a better team. So now this Oregon matchup, you're going to look at this team that's fun to watch, that's fun to bet. Now a much different game where it's against a team looking at they have national championship hopes in in Oregon. I think it's probably more of a disparaging difference than we think or if we want, because I think we want Colorado to be good. We want them to be good on season. It's good betting talk. Obviously, the networks want as much talk about Dion as possible. But I think what you're going to see is a very big step up in class against Oregon. Again, Aaron Moore joining us right now, sports media professor, as well as his outstanding writing work for us at vcin.com. Follow him at Pub Relation Prof. I would also say, at least the DraftKings line perspective, this opened at about 6.30 a.m. Sunday morning, Colorado getting 16.5 from Oregon. And before people could even blink, this thing was already bet up to uh, basically 20. By the time the market settled in, it was 20.5. So there has been movement on it. It just happened really, really fast. And with the two-way player, Travis Hunter, out indefinitely, that's the report from Colorado. You can see why market is, is taking that action and moving 
toward Oregon, despite the public sentiment. You know, it's not the only big Pac-12 game, though, this weekend. And I love week fours in college football, Aaron, because you start to get some really juicy conference matchups. Now that we have a lot of the non-con games out, one really intriguing matchup, it's Utah and UCLA, two teams who've gotten off to good starts in their respective non-cons. Uh, where are you seeing this this one headed from a, a numbers uh, basis where you got a much lower total than I think a lot of people would anticipate with Utah and UCLA, two really good teams going at it. Ben, I think that's the biggest angle right here is that total, 51, 51 and a half. It's moving a little bit. You would think a Chip Kelly offense going against a Whittingham defense, you're going to think offense in this game. But I think one of the big stories overlooked in the 9 million great stories of the Pac-12 is what Chip Kelly has done with UCLA. And it's not just Chip Kelly style with that fast offense and scoring. He has a defense. And so far this season, UCLA in three games has only given up 30 points. Utah in three games has only given up 31 points. So we're not surprised about the Utah defense. The UCLA defense, I think, plays a role in this. I got it early on at 51 and a half. I took the under. I think it's one of these games where we're still not 100% sure about rising, but to me, the line says he isn't playing. Nate Johnson, his replacement, does a lot of running. I think UCLA and Utah are both going to slow it down a little bit. UCLA plays this rotating quarterback game more. Their freshman quarterback has not faced a team like Utah's defense. So it's somewhat surprising with a Chip Kelly game. I'm looking at that under 51 and a half, 51, I think it sits now. Okay, so let's shift. Now you like an over 46.5. Air Force, which averages 30 points a game, 31.3 points a game. They're 3-0. and Sam Houston held them to 13 points, but the other two games, they were explosive. And then their defense, which is, I think, what? They're one of the top 10 defenses in the country, in the country, in terms of a scoring defense. So they face San Jose State, which can move the football effectively, not as good on defense. But you like the over in this one. You think both teams will score, huh? Uh, and I do think in this case, San Jose State with Chevin Cordero can move the ball, as you said, Michael. Not an overly prolific offense, but hopefully they can get enough in this game right here with Cordero running and throwing. Uh, once again, I'm talking about the Pac-12. They're getting all of that West Coast attention. But what Air Force is doing is amazing. They're averaging over 320 yards rushing a game. That is a pretty prolific offense where the clock is moving a little bit different this year. They're still scoring points. Uh, 39 points last week against Utah State. They're scoring points. They're moving the ball on the ground. And in this case, I think Cordero will get enough. I like it being at home, a night game in San Jose State. So I think we can get over that 46 and a half. And that is late Friday night. Air Force three and a half point consensus favorites. 47 is the total. The other game Aaron mentioning with us right now that under 51 and a half. You can still get 51s on Utah UCLA current line. Just updating uh, my numbers here as of, you know, about uh, 235 or so p.m. Eastern time. UCLA catching four and a half or five, depending on where you shop on the road there in Salt Lake. You know, just from a general perspective, it's kind of been interesting to just get from the, you know, like, thinking about the voters here at the top of the top of the market in college football. Some voters I saw this week, I'm making it you know, making a big deal out of some struggles out of Georgia where the Bulldogs struggled for a half, didn't play anybody in the first two uh, non-conference games, ended up needing a late surge, looked much better in half number two. They pull away but don't cover against South Carolina. Some voters, though, thinking that, uh, you know, a Florida State or even, even look at a, a team like Texas could be good enough to be that number one team, not necessarily out of the SEC. Now that we have three weeks of data, where do you break down those top teams in the market with Georgia still favored to win it all plus 230. 
And I think you have to have Georgia plus 230. You have to look at them, regardless of what they've done the last two years, you have to look at them as the top team just from an odd standpoint. Now, could Florida State have more talent? Could Texas have more talent? Could one of the Pac-12 teams have more talent? Yes, but if we're looking at it from a betting standpoint, you can get Georgia in that plus 230 range. It's going to be very, very difficult for them not to get to the playoffs. They have one of the weaker SEC schedules. It totally works in their favor. And when we look at college football, there's a little bit of a boost Georgia is going to get from this subjectivity standpoint. They are in the SEC. And if you saw last week against South Carolina, they can struggle but still win the game. So if we look at it over the course of the season in these 12 games regular season, Georgia may struggle, but they should still win these games. And if they do go 12-0 and going into the playoffs, the, the uh, SEC championship, then it's totally in their favor. So I think they're in the driver's seat, so to speak, to use a cliche, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to knock them out of that. While the other teams, as you said, Ben, maybe Florida State has more talent, but the system certainly is in favor of Georgia. So I think that bet of plus 230 is something you have to look at because they're going to get to the playoffs. And he's Aaron Moore. Nope. He's joining us right now out here on the Lombardi line. A couple other plays, uh, Aaron, that you will have up uh, in, in the uh, pro picks uh, column, at, at least at vcin.com. Also, your write-ups, uh, we've been great to check those out. Really good insights, too. Just And I like that you, great job, you, dive, you dive into some of the deeper games down the card, which can ob- obviously represent a lot of great value. doesn't have to be the Colorados of the world, you bet. I think that's a great uh, lesson for betters out there to be aware of, Aaron. So great, as always, for having you on, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Thank you Aaron. very much, guys. We Thank still you have, very uh, much. Yeah, we still have some NFL to get to, though, Michael, when we come back. Because there's been a change here on the narrative to Saquon Barkley, who's a running back. Apparently, might not miss Thursday night. Kind of a weird comment from uh, head coach Brian Dable early today. Oh, come on. That Barkley might actually not be ruled out. And there's kind of an under-the-radar transaction that's been made by San Francisco. We'll explain that next as we wrap up the show. A lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code VEGAS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With code VEGAS, the crown is yours, and it's our final segment already the show's gone fast michael time flies i love when i get talk to talk about you know, we didn't in, even uh, touch the surface yeah I, we got we, lots to talk about I know, we barely did we'll, we'll try to cram it in the next 10 minutes pro tip for our show today it's going to lead into a topic we're, we're going to get into right now with a press conference coming out head coach of the giants brian dable not actually ruling out running back saquon barkley even though the initial uh, injury designation and, and the general consensus was that he was widely expected to be missing multiple weeks and that goes into something i think you, you bring up that can be really beneficial for betters and that is not necessarily believing coaches. You got to take these press conferences with a massive grain of salt. Yeah, I think what we have to do Monday through Saturday is really water down and understand the source, right? What are they trying to put out? What is the spin they're trying to put on the game? And read between the lines. I mean, Dayball's saying that he could play after it was released. He's out at least three weeks. Even if he plays, I mean, you're happy if he plays because he's got no burst or no acceleration. I mean, look, Kelsey played last week. He wasn't Travis Kelsey by no means. I mean, the kid went out there and played, but, you know, it wasn't the same Kelsey. They still aren't explosive on offense. So we make so much about, oh, they're playing. Oh, he's going to play. He's going to dress. Well, if he doesn't play good, it doesn't really matter. And I think what Dayball's just trying to do is make the 49ers think about something else, which the 49ers are probably hoping Barkley plays because if he's not, if he's got a take an injection for the ankle where he can't pivot and change direction, their speed of their defense will eat them up like a Pac-Man game. It won't work. Yeah. And at the same time, the market a lot of times takes these announcements at face value and the Niners yeah. are up to 11 point favorites over the last couple of hours. That's now come down 49ers minus 10. Look, not that I necessarily want to lay double digits on a short week, even if it is a banged up and poor offensive unit in the New York Giants, Michael. But at the same time, I, I I really have a hard time seeing the Giants really being able to move the ball at all efficiently on offense, even if Barkley plays. And kind of to your point, if Barkley does actually suit it up, wasn't like he looked all that crisp anyway, was re- directly responsible for an interception last week in Arizona, has not gotten off to a good start. And a Giants team total, if you're able to find a 17 and a half, some books are forcing you to pay, pay a tax on that and not give you a fair price at below the 17. But if you can get 17 and a half, that's a bet I would make every day on the team total under. Yeah, I mean, look, the the Giants without Barkley, you're not worried about uh, 
you know, the run game, you're not really worried. About, you're, you're basically the main guy you got to stop with the run game is going to be Daniel Jones. Matt Brenda, you're not worried about him. I mean, is he going to beat you? you? No, and they don't really want to give him the ball. They want to give it to Daniel Jones, and they want to use Jones's legs. And I think this is going to be an RPO game. I mean, that's the one thing I think you got to, you know, one thing you try to do before every game is figure out what is the game, right? This is going to be an RPO game. Mm -hmm. Like the other night, Miami, New England, it was going to be a run game. Once Miami knew they were in that three cloud look and they were taking away the the deep throw, you know, it was going to be, are you going to run it Thursday night? You know, the way Brian Dayball played his front, it had to be a run game. So you got to kind of see that in there. To me, that's what we're looking at. This this will be an RPO game for the for the Giants because that's the only chance they have to make it work. They go to a drop back pass game with two of their tackles, especially, you know, with the left tackle not playing and the right tackle not playing well. Andrew Thomas is huge for them. Not him having in there against Bosa. Means you got to chip on almost every play. The right tackle, you got to help him on every play. It's hard. Yeah. Well, the other part of this too, uh, you think about just where San Francisco's defensive line is at and how how much they ratcheted up the pressure in the second half after you kind of looking mediocre to be honest against the Rams in half number one Sunday. How much of that translates into Thursday night? You expect San Francisco to control that side of the ball against a bad O line for the Giants. You also uh, pointed out uh, to me. You let us know me and the producer Steph uh, in the last break a kind of under the radar. Uh, signing here for San Francisco and some things that uh, you're, you're looking to see kind of peek uh, under the hood of the car there, so to speak, in San Francisco. What do you notice? Well, I mean, they signed Anthony. So the, 40, so the 49ers signed Anthony Brown, the former Cowboy who had the Achilles injury, off of the practice squad of the Steelers just today. And why would they do that, right? So right now, currently on their roster, currently on their roster, they have eight defensive backs. And and really, they only have one extra corner, R.B. Thomas, Thompson, Thomas. So, they, you know, they got Ward, they got Lenore, and they've got Oliver. That's who they play out there. And they needed a little bit more depth. And I think maybe one of those guys could be Nick. Now, we don't have an injury report yet today. But to me, they're looking for some depth. And when you sign a guy off a practice squad, you guarantee him that you guarantee he's on your team for three weeks. You're making a commitment to him. And there's a there must be a need for him there to bring him in. So I think that's pretty important. And look, Pittsburgh, they have they, they've got a bunch of guys hurt in their secondary and they could have probably moved them up, but they didn't. Yeah, interesting. And it's also something to point out. You talk about sort of a pseudo pro tip. Pay attention not only just to the starters on depth charts, but where the general backup health lies. And I, I just look at you know the 49ers depth chart. A couple of guys you might not, you're not name, name, uh, namely recognized yeah. guys by any means, but you know Sam Womack, Daryl Luter, Ambry Thomas, two of those guys already either out or on IR. And Thomas was banged up last week and is early, early in the week showing is questionable for this week. So that can be a sign and something you want to look into just from an overall depth perspective, especially on a short week. One other thing uh, before we wrap up the show, Michael, uh, we, we have some betting splits just to look at games early getting they're getting a lot mm-hmm. of betting attention early on in the week. I wanted to make sure I brought up the, the Houston Texans to you because of all the games in week two, the line that made no sense to me as how as, as to how it moved was all the betters wanted to get in on the Houston Texans ended up closing a one point favorite, even though CJ Stroud came in as a quarterback, super banged up offensive line was without basically the entirety of its normal unit. 
and yet the market went toward the Texans. I just didn't understand it. Colts end up winning the game uh, going away, and now we're seeing a boatload of money, one of the more lopsided splits of week three. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, just updating my current numbers right now. I'm seeing Jacksonville at home catching, or I should say laying nine and a half at home against Houston, and I just don't understand. Market back-to-back weeks has been in on the Texans, and they have yet to cover a game this year. Yeah, and their offensive line's still a mess. But here, here's what I don't understand. Here's what got me messed up last week. I loved Indy, and I would have given Indy out as a play uh, because I thought that they were going to – I thought they would beat Houston. Houston has so many guys hurt. And then I got nervous. When I heard that Stroud was hurt, I got really nervous because then I thought they would play Case Keenum. And Keenum can kind of run the offense a little bit. Not that he's – you know, he knows what to do. He get mm-hmm. him checked. It scared me a little bit. So I backed away from it wrongly because my instincts all along were they were going to be able to better they were going to win and you were all you had to do is pick the winner in the game. So I kind of I kind of feared that a little bit and went went away. But this Houston team, Ben, offensive line now we don't know if Tunsil's going to play, but they don't their offensive line is not very good. They have no real skill players. And defensively, they wear down. The more they play, they wear down. And Jacksonville's offense is going to be a tough matchup. Now Jacksonville's offense last week struggled to block. They struggled to block the front. Chris Jones particularly, they struggled. Trevor Lawrence was under a lot of pressure. But if they fix that, you know, they will be able to attack a secondary of the of the plus their safeties at the Texans are out. They were playing mm-hmm. backup to backup safeties. And still, even, even as I look at the depth chart right now, Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie expected to be questionable when the first injury reports come out. A couple of safeties there, and you're, you're already down to a second right tackle, having to sign George Fant, a new center, Juice Scruggs, Scott Quesenberry, each on, each on IR already, and Laramie Tunstall, who's been the anchor of the offensive line, has been banged up, and he remains questionable heading into this week. I think the big thing, betters will try to decide, uh, it, kind of our final thought as we wrap up the show, Jacksonville offensively have left a lot to be desired. It's a bad offensive line in their own right. Can you really trust Jacksonville now laying well north, not only of a touchdown, but now north of nine as this number has continued to rise? Yeah, that's what I have a problem with. Like I, I thought Jacksonville was overvalued against Kansas City. I, I scooped up. I didn't bet it. I, I gave that as a recommendation because I didn't think Jacksonville's offense I mean, they struggled against Indy. You know, they put the game away in the fourth quarter, but it was it was really it was really hard. And so for me, you know, I'm not sold that they've got their rhythm back on Jacksonville. They really don't. And, and Lawrence hasn't looked like he did at the end of last year. It's so far, overall offensively, only Pittsburgh worse from an EPA per play perspective uh, and basis through two weeks. And Trevor Lawrence, 25th on the overall the completion perspective over expectation uh, combined with EPA per play. So clearly something missing. It, get, as much as Kansas City has shown tremendous improvement defensively, it looks really, really good. Indianapolis, the, the other opponent Jacksonville's played, presumably that is a strength of the Colts on the front seven. You'd still like to see more than you know, nine points against the Chiefs, barely over 200 yards of offense and just anemic play in the red zone. So I, yeah, hard for I mean, me to want to lay a huge with, number. Had the ball first and go with the one, Ben, and couldn't get it in. I yeah. mean, they had they took the penalty, a false start, and they had a couple plays that they thought they scored on. They were in the back of the line. So, no, they struggled. As a survivor play, sure. But laying nine and a half, uh, going to need to see a little bit more out of Jacksonville in week number three. As always, Michael, an absolute blast hanging out with you. I, I just finished the, you, uh, the Billy Walters book a, a couple days ago, so your book uh, is, is next on my list. So excited to dive into that. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Uh, Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, thank everybody. Thank you, yes, our producer, Stephanie Kamerschek, behind the glass for the whole team with uh, Nick, Mikhail, Wyatt, Andre, Rob, Troy, all doing a great job as we wrap things up on the Lombardi line. Up next, it is Sharp Money live from Bar Canada at the D. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 